welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, and thanks for joining me today as I share food for the head, heart, hands, and feet to help us grow closer to God, become more like Jesus each and every day, encourages us on the road to holiness, and through friendship, helps each of us discover the life God created us for, a life full of purpose, peace, and abundance. So today's food for the head is a quote from St. Benedict. It's, you change your life by changing your heart. I think in the realm of self-improvement, which is all around our society, in fact, uh, some statistics from the uh, book industry alone is that sales are up by more than 9% uh, in self-help. And the reality is, is that particularly the millennial generation, the 18 to 33 year olds, they've committed to making personal improvements 94%. So almost the entire generation is focused on making personal improvements compared with only 84% of baby boomers, those born 1946 to 1958, and then generation Xers, only 81%. So... Gen Xers, and that includes me, um, we're kind of jaded about the whole self-help thing, but the millennials have a much more positive uh, outlook on it. And it's a good thing because the reality is, is that as St. Benedict told us back in the fifth century, you change your life by changing your heart. So as we're reflecting on that, that food for the head, think about how it is that when you have changed your heart, for example, uh, in friendship towards a particular person. Uh, it might be a coworker uh, who was annoying you or a family member that you just didn't get along with. Um, but when you looked at that person in a different way, when you changed your heart towards them, didn't it change your life? Maybe there wasn't this anxiety or um, awkwardness, you know, around the water cooler or in the break room at work when you encountered this person. Or maybe you weren't so concerned about encountering uh, this uh, annoying uncle or cousin or whoever it might have been uh, around the family dinner table at Thanksgiving or at Christmas. So the reality is, is that when we change our heart, then we truly do begin to change our life. And that kind of ties into the food for the heart. And it's not necessarily a quote so much as it is building upon this quote from St. Benedict about how do we change our heart. And the true reality is that we change our heart by allowing ourselves to be changed by the creator of our heart, by spending time in daily prayer and meditation when we allow ourselves to sit with the creator who molded us and will continue to mold us if we but spend time with him. And this is truly important for any of us who are involved in any kind of work, but particularly in ministry when we're trying to be intentional about encountering others as Jesus does, when we want to try and be molded into the image of Jesus more and more each and every day. And the fact is, is that prayer is not some incidental thing that we need to be doing. 
It's not a decoration. It's not a, hey, I sat down and I prayed and checked the box today. Rather, it's our lifeblood. It's how we are able to get the strength and also the guidance that we need to be able to do the work that God has placed before us. Bishop Barron tells us very simply, kind of building upon this, is that without prayer, nothing will succeed it. And the other fact is, is that without prayer, no ministers are going to come forward to do the work. And I'm not talking just formal ministers. I'm talking about anyone who is going to be going and doing work of mercy, doing food, food you know, feeding the hungry, uh, clothing the naked, uh, encountering those who are in prison, the corporal works of mercy or the spiritual works of mercy, comforting those who are grieving, uh, helping and praying for those who are ill, being able to um, be present and to listen, and also having the courage to share the truth with someone, to admonish the sinner. And that's not about judgment, but rather it's about us being open to allowing the Holy Spirit to prompt us and then to be able to speak with his love and with his mercy, to be charitable in how it is, but to love one another enough that we're willing to say something when someone's going down the wrong road. I often find it amusing that we're not going to allow someone to continue walking towards a cliff without telling them, hey, there's an edge of a cliff there. Stop. You're going to go off. Uh, it could be dark and the person might not know the surroundings and they're walking towards a cliff and we wouldn't just stand by and let them walk right off the cliff. But yet we're willing to do that in our world today when people are definitely moving towards things that are not good for them. When we see them developing um, relationships perhaps with people that are not good influences. Friendship is one of the key ways that we are helped and sustained on the journey and, and that's one of the main things that I hope that this podcast kind of becomes for us is an opportunity for us to share with one another and again I encourage you to reach out and to uh, send me uh, whatever it is that uh, your thoughts are about what it is that I'm sharing, but I'd like this to be a conversation. But it's in friendship that we're able to become more effective proclaimers of the gospel. And this is a part of why religious communities were formed. Uh, one of the most effective ways to be able to uh, be countercultural and speak to whatever culture you might be in across the centuries has been the idea of poverty and simplicity of life. And everyone from St. Benedict to uh, St. Francis of Assisi to St. Dominic, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, all of them devoted themselves to a simplicity of life and also a poverty of life. And that wasn't meant that they necessarily uh, said no to enjoying the things of this world, but rather they weren't attached to them. And it's in detaching ourselves from the world that we're able to change our hearts and we allow God most profoundly because it's only through his grace that we truly open ourselves up to his grace by living a simple life, 
by being detached from the things of the world. So that when he asks us to do something that perhaps makes us miss the here in Alabama, uh, where I live, you know, Alabama or Auburn games, football games are, are huge. So perhaps we're being asked to do something where we have to set aside something that we enjoy and it's not bad for us, but rather what is more important and us being ready and open to be able to be generous with our time. And that kind of leads into the reality of this, uh, this time around and hearkening back to uh, one of my favorite saints and I was just talking about the idea of detachment and that comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola. He really developed that idea. It wasn't that it wasn't an idea that was already present within the life of the church, within the life of disciples, you know, who were following Jesus, but rather he very much formalized it and gave us kind of some uh, ways to kind of judge and see how intentionally are we going about in our life and cultivating that attitude of detachment so that we could truly be grateful for all that we've been given. But I wanted to share with you today uh, a short prayer uh, that he talks about that really uh, exemplifies, I think, this idea of detachment and the ability to be able to uh, truly change our hearts. And the prayer goes like this, Dearest Lord, teach me to be generous Teach me to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, save that of knowing I am doing your will. I just find that to be a, a very beautiful prayer of where we begin with an attitude of generosity and when we realize that God is the one who's given us all of our blessings then it helps us to be able to be generous and then when we're serving him as he deserves then we're able to give and not be counting the cost and we're able to fight even in the midst of the trials and tribulations the wounds that will come in our interactions with other people and we're able to continue to toil and not grow weary and we're not seeking for our rest or for our comfort and we're laboring without asking for our reward except that we know that we're doing God's will and in his graciousness and in his providential care for us as a good and heavenly father who knows all of our needs and provides for them that when we know that we're doing his will then we grow in that trust and that's where this last quote comes from from actually Thomas Akempis in his extraordinary and beautiful book uh, Imitation of Christ and if you have not read it I highly recommend it of where he talks about all of what I've been you know uh, just speaking and sharing with you so our, our food for the feet, for us to truly ponder in silence this time, is, therefore, when God gives spiritual comfort, receive it with thanksgiving, but know that it is the bounty of God, 
not thy merit. Be not puffed up, be not overjoyed, nor vainly presume, but rather be the more humble for this gift, and the more cautious and fearful in all thine actions. For this hour will pass away, and temptation will follow. When comfort shall be taken away from thee, do not presently despair, but wait with humility and patience for the heavenly visit. For God is able to restore thee a greater consolation. This is no new thing, nor strange to those who have experienced the ways of God. For the great saints and ancient prophets have often felt this kind of variety. There is so much that we can unpack there about the reality of God giving us spiritual comfort for us to begin with gratitude because we know that it's God's grace and it's not because of any work that we have done. And that means that we shouldn't be puffed up or prideful, uh, nor uh, big, you know, nor overjoyed, uh, but rather uh, we become more humble in the face of this gift. Uh, and we should be more, not fearful in a bad way, but rather um, attentive um, to the fact that God is giving us a gift for a reason, and that's because eventually this consolation, what it is that he's given us through his grace, it was to prepare us for whatever temptation was going to come. And we shouldn't be worrying about what that temptation might be. Rather, whenever that happens, don't despair, but just be humble and patient because God is going to give us an even greater consolation. It's the idea that life is not about scarcity. It's not about, hey, you're going to have this thing and it's going to be taken away. And you have to guard against that. And we live in fear so often about when are these good things that we're experiencing going to be taken away. But rather, God is going to give us an even greater consolation. And for those of us in our prayer and meditation and the example of the saints who've shared with us that this is the way of God. This is how it is that he encounters us. The prophets in the Old Testament experienced God's providence. All of the great saints experienced his providence. And that is what we need to focus upon, is the fact that God already has in mind how it is that he desires to mold us and shape us, of how it is that he desires to change our hearts so that our lives can be changed. And I think just kind of as a, a final thought, you know, for today, the idea that was expressed so beautifully is that St. Gabriel Posente said, our perfection does not consist in extraordinary things, but to do the ordinary well. And that gives me great comfort because I know I'm not doing extraordinary things. I'm just trying to do the ordinary very well with God's grace and with his help each and every day so that I am able to become more and more like Jesus so that I am able to grow closer to him through my daily prayer, hopefully so I can grow in virtue by serving others generously. And I'm doing it all because this is what God's will is. And hopefully I'm being that model to others so that they're able to, through friendship, 
able to discover that life that God created each one of us for. And I often tell people that saying yes is all about allowing God to then do his work in us so that we can really experience that life of purpose, peace, and abundance. So one of the things that I'm going to be making a part of my podcast and is very important and I have to laugh because it's so important and yet I forgot about doing it in my first podcast is the idea of establishing a resolution. It's great to get food for our head, our heart, our hands and our feet, but it doesn't do us much good if we don't take some sort of small concrete action in order to make it a part of our daily lives. So many times people will ask me, how can I do a daily resolution? So for example, I shared St. Gabriel Pacenti's quote about our perfection does not consist in extraordinary things, but to do the ordinary well. So a potential resolution could be this week, as I go about my ordinary duties, let me bear to mind the fact that I am pursuing my perfection by doing the ordinary things I have to do well and to focus upon doing each ordinary thing as well as I can. Or another resolution might be just remembering the quote that I began our conversation about from St. Benedict. You change your life by changing your heart. So each time I pause perhaps one time a day or twice a day And I think about, Lord, I want to change my heart because I want to change my life. Or I actually think about the quote, you change your life by changing your heart. And that kind of becomes a little bit of a touchstone for moving ahead. Any of those are great, small, concrete ways that you can bring what it is that we've talked about today into your daily life and being able to move ahead in growing in virtue and on this journey to holiness. So I think that's a good place for us to conclude our conversation today. I do encourage you in the week ahead to set a resolution and pursue it as best as you can. It can be either one I suggested or one that the Holy Spirit has placed on your heart during our time together today. again for spending your time with me today and if you have any suggestions or topics for upcoming podcasts please reach out to me either through my facebook page at say yes to holiness through my website www.sayyestoholiness.com or send an email to me at christinasimmons at gmail.com i truly look forward to hearing from you please know of my prayers for you and your families and for all of us who are walking on the journey together towards holiness. May we be given the courage necessary to say yes to doing whatever it takes so we may always tell the master of death, not today. Until next time, God bless.